Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talos Takes. I have Ashir from our research team on once again. Thanks for coming on, Ashir. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. So uh, you're on once again to talk about an attack that's going on in the Indian subcontinent. The last couple of times I've had you on the show, we've talked about this particular geographic area. And uh, this time you and some of your colleagues wrote about a campaign that we're calling Operation Armor Piercer because of the particular targets in this case and the themes that they use around their lure documents. In this particular case, who is the actor going after? And do we think that they might have a particular goal in mind? So this this actor has a specific interest uh, in government entities and military entities operating uh, in the Indian subcontinent, specifically in India. Uh, the themes of the malicious documents that we've uh, we've observed as part of this campaign indicate a targeting of users of the multi-factor authentication app called Kavach. Uh, Kavach is Hindi for uh, armor, by the way. This is an application that is owned and operated by the government of India. And uh, it's used by the employees of the government of India to access IT resources like email and VPN, et cetera. We've observed a variety of uh, maldocs using the themes uh, related to the coverage application, you know, something like an operational guide or like an installation guide. It's basically masquerading as these kinds of guides, the maldocs, and they in turn deliver a commodity or a, a commercial rat family to the to their targets. Something that we've observed in the past is that uh, we've been we, we've seen specific threat actors such as the side copy APT group. Um, use these kind of themes as well and steal information related to this multi-factor authentication app as well. By the way, we came out with a research paper on on the side copy APT group a couple of months ago. In this campaign, however, we are seeing maldocs that are related that are using these themes in their lures. Uh, you know, instead of going after the actual application itself, they're trying to use these as themes in their lures to infect users with commodity rats. The goal of this particular campaign is twofold. Uh, they've got a reconnaissance uh, goal and they've got uh, the goal of establishing uh, an initial foothold in, on the infected system. In terms of reconnaissance, the attackers have used custom file enumerator that can enumerate the file paths of specific files with specific in, uh, extensions and you know they can exfiltrate that and then they can evaluate uh, and figure out what kind of data they have on an infected uh, endpoint and you know they can eventually ex, uh, ex start exfiltrating that. Yeah, so as you mentioned, there's a lot of similarities between the group and in this case uh, and the Operation Armor Piercer campaign compared to Transparent Tribe and some other groups that we've written about before, as you mentioned, like the side copy group. Is there any evidence here to suggest that these groups may all be connected somehow? Or do we just think that they're sharing uh, TTPs because it works and they've seen it work in the past, so they might as well keep doing what's working? So while we haven't found any solid technical links between this campaign and those operated by side copy and transparent tribe, the TTPs are very, very similar. You know, they bear a very strong resemblance. Even the their net of victims are basically the same. We, we've seen two key similarities here. For example, this group has compromised government and quasi-government websites to host malicious payloads, right? And we've seen Transparent Tribe do this uh, in their campaigns as well. We've seen Sidecopy do this in their campaigns as well. The second similarity, the second tactical similarity is the use of defense-themed uh, malicious documents. So other than the multi-factor authentication application-themed documents that we saw in this campaign, we also saw 
defense theme documents or uh, documents that are related to armed forces uh, in the Indian subcontinent. And we've seen that transparent tribes specifically, that APT group relies very heavily on these kinds of lures and these kinds of themes in their campaigns. And they've been doing this for years and years to deliver uh, their own custom uh, rats to their victims. And as you mentioned, one of the Lord documents that they're using in this case is that they're they're trying to disguise themselves as being related to a popular multi-factor authentication app that's used in this region. And we talk, we've talked about on the show plenty of times about how MFA is important and part of the layered security model that we always preach. So for folks who do use MFA, what is some good advice we can give to them that when they are logging in through their MFA app, that they're ensuring that they're using the appropriate app and that they're using the links and notifications that are legitimate and not going to send them you know, to some other site that they don't want to go to? First and foremost, uh, users should be uh, aware and they should be wary of suspicious uh, links being delivered to them through different channels from untrusted sources or from suspicious sources. You know, something like an email or an uh, SMS that comes from an unknown source that asks you to install a multi-factor authentication app or any app for that matter. You know, users should be wary of that and you should users should report that uh, to their security teams so that they don't install the wrong uh, malicious app uh, and end up getting compromised. It's, uh, you know, because it's just not their devices being compromised, it's probably their accounts that are associated with their employers and their VPN accounts, et cetera, et cetera, that might get any security or identification verification applications uh, must be downloaded and run from trusted sources. You know, uh, uh, something like the software developer's website or a vendor app store, which is trusted. You know what they're doing. You, you know that there are vendor app stores like those of Apple and Samsung that uh, vet the applications that they distribute, who know that there are known and trusted developers of the applications. That's that's a practice that everyone should follow. You know, basic cyber hygiene should be aware of that there might be a suspicious link or there might be a suspicious application that is being installed on your system uh, and you're being tricked into doing that. And lastly, I want to ask you about something that you all specifically called out in the conclusion, which is that the infection chain used in this case is not as complicated as we typically see from crimeware groups. And I'm just curious as to why you guys thought this was worth pointing out. You know, why do you think that the actor went this route in that case? And when we do see an infection chain that's a little bit more pared down or simple, does that make detection and prevention any easier? Using simple and straightforward infection chains have their advantages and disadvantages. The advantage, the primary advantage is that the attackers don't have to spend a lot of time building convoluted or highly modular uh, infection chains. And, you know, they can uh, operationalize these simple infection chains very fast. These simple infection chains coupled with commodity rats that can be modified ever so slightly and be productionized and, you know, you can start distributing them save a lot of time and effort for the attackers. You know, whether it's a crimeware group or whether it's an APT, the, the amount of time that you save by not creating a custom malware payload or a bespoke malware payload uh, is quite a lot, right? Because this is essentially a software development process. The time saved by these, by, by using simple infection chains and a combination of commodity rats can then be used towards other purposes. For example, in the case of this campaign, the attackers have put most of their effort into social engineering and tricking victims into infecting themselves, you know, developing a variety of different kinds of lures and themes for their maldocs so that, you know, people get infected and they inherently trust uh, the maldocs and open them up and in, uh, end up getting infected by them. The disadvantages in this case are, you know, it becomes very easy, for example, for an analyst like me to analyze and 
break apart and tear apart the infection chain and uh, figure out what's going on and what the actual payload is. It's it's quite simple that way. Um, another disadvantage is that um, a lot of commodity rats, especially the ones used in this campaign, they're wildly popular. You know, this is uh, th there's a lot of crimeware and APT groups that have adopted a lot of commodity rats. You know, either to throw off attribution or to uh, save the development effort of de developing a custom rat family or a custom malware family. But the problem here is that uh, because these rat families are so popular, there's a lot of detection and a lot of protection mechanisms in place on different attack surfaces for them, You know whether it's the network or whether it's uh, an endpoint and so on and so forth. So it becomes very easy to detect these uh, attacks. Uh, the way the attackers in this campaign have tried to circumvent traditional, you know, file-based signatures for these kinds of rats is that they're using different types of loaders that would load the rat in memory. It would unpack it and it would load it in, in memory and execute it on the endpoint, which is where a lot of traditional file signature-based detection systems tend to fail. Uh -huh. uh, which is why you should have systems like ThreadGrid, which give you behavioral analysis and take a call on whether a sample or a file is malicious based on the behavior it exhibits. That's why, you know, a lot of our systems tend to be, uh, and a lot of our detections tend to be heuristic and behavior-based, which is where the advantage comes. All right, excellent. Well, thank you as always for your insight, Ashir. I'll be linking to the blog post that we talked about today in the show notes and in the blog post for this episode, so folks can go and read it for themselves. Thanks again for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Great, perfect. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me.